This is Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. My name's Jenny Stallard, I'm a freelance lifestyle journalist and I founded Freelance Feels in 2019 as a response to my own mental health challenges. The idea behind Freelance Feels is to show freelance life in all its reality, from the down moments to the yay ones, and share other people's stories as well so we all feel less alone in the self-employed world. Each episode I speak to a different freelancer, self-employed person or entrepreneur about their work and mental health, exploring their story, their challenges and triumphs, as well as getting valuable advice from them. Freelance Feels is also a newsletter, freelancefeels.substack.com and on social media at freelance underscore feels. Please do come and find me on Instagram and let me know how you're getting on with your freelance journey. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I'm chatting to Ruth Kudzi. Welcome, Ruth. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny. It's a joy to be here. I'm really smiling as we're chatting because I'm thinking back to about six months ago when I had a first call with you to inquire about coaching and now who you are as a guest. So that's just really exciting for me to have come along, come that you know amount of way and, and to be able to say I'm now interviewing you for the podcast. But would you like to tell everybody what you do as a self-employed person? I mentioned coach there. How, how do you describe what you do as a freelancer? So, um, I, I coach people and I also run a coach training business. And how did you come to do that? Have you always done that? No. So I, well, kind of no and kind of yes. So I think it's will resonate with a few people. And I use this quote a lot. And apparently the quote isn't even a, a real quote from him. But there is a, allegedly a Steve Jobs quote. And he says, when you look back, you can join up the dots. Oh. So for me, <laughs> I don't, and loads of people have said, well, he didn't say it. But, you know, we're never going to know, are we? Um, <laughs> when, when I look back, so I, I studied business and psychology at uni. And I, I worked in sales for a bit and recruitment. And then I went into education. And was doing like a master's in psychology and doing was learning and when I was a leader in education actually when I was a leader in recruitment as well I was very directive so I was very like do this um I must have been quite annoying well I I say I must have been I know I was quite annoying because I got that feedback um and I have enough <laughs> self-awareness to realize um yeah I was very directive mm. and I'd done all this study and I knew all about coaching. So I started bringing in a coaching style and coaching more in my job. And it had a massive difference. And mm-hmm. uh, I also was working with a coach. So from that, I decided to train as a coach. So before I set up my business, which was five years ago in April, 2016, so five years ago in April, oh, so I, I know, I know it's our birthday. I am. Um, I was doing coaching in my role. I was doing leadership coaching outside of my role. So I was doing mm-hmm. quite a lot. Um, on a voluntary basis I did a lot of free coaching so I was doing what I did or elements of what I did when Mm. I started Um, but it's very well it's actually it felt very different in the online world but it wasn't that different in the online world but it definitely felt it to begin with and was it always a goal do you think I mean it sounds like you were very much involved in being in 
staff roles, proper jobs in inverted commas, mm-hmm. as people like them, full-time jobs, all the things that actually freelancing and self-employed life also is. But, you know, those are quite involved industries, aren't they? Recruitment and teaching. Mm-hmm. What made you start to feel like you wanted to strike out as a small business owner on your own in that way? Do you know, I think I just started to see the possibility. So mm-hmm. I definitely always thought it wasn't for me. And honestly, like when I was at university, I did management and, and psychology. Mm-hmm. So my, my university was snobby and didn't call it business. So we did management and psychology. <laughs> and um, the only people who went and started their own business were men. Okay. Actually, they were men who, like if you knew their surnames, you would know that their families had money. Mm. So they were men who came from money and men who came from that background. And I think all of our lecturers at that time were men, even though it's probably about 50-50 on management. And I, I really believe that I didn't think that that was possible. I thought you needed to have lots of money to work for yourself. And I had all of those things, which I'm sure people will resonate with, like, you know, um, like that, that I wasn't ever going to be able to earn a stable salary, that I wasn't going to be able to, that it wasn't a proper job, you know, Mm -hmm. my whole life. And this is ironic because my granddad was a butcher. um, So he was an entrepreneur. um, And my mum actually started her own business when she was 50. But even though that was the case, there was still this, and I would say predominantly for my mum's family, because they were kind of, they're from a working class background, that you get a profession and you Mm -hmm. stay in that profession and you work in that profession. So, you know, recruitment was okay. And I got to travel with my job. So that was really good. My nan could tell her friends. I was like, you know, traveling with my job. But, you know, education was better because that was a proper job. Yeah. It's got the pay scheme and the pay scheme. Yeah. It's a job that people know what you do. And, and even though my grand passed away many, many years ago, there was still that um, expectation that I carried with me that I had to do a proper job. Mm. How did it feel then when you suddenly went, right, do you know what though? No, I'm, I'm going to strike out on my own. Was that exciting, scary, thrilling? How did it feel when you finally went for it after all of those feelings from yeah. the life you've been going through and, and the expectations? What was the feeling like when you went, mm. oh, sod it, I'm going self-employed? Well, so I didn't do it straight away. It wasn't like I just pulled off the plaster and was like, yay, I'm self-employed. <laughs> I, I, I was quite lucky. So I was actually, this time five years ago, I was pregnant with my second daughter. Oh. So um, I used my maternity leave to really see if it was going to be able to be financially, it was going to work. So I had a little bit of a buffer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, if I hadn't have had that, I would still have done it, but I would have done the like working at, and I was doing the working and building mm. together because I wasn't, I didn't have the confidence to just go for it. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's funny that you said that because I'm sure a lot of women are in the same position to say you used your maternity leave. That's still very driven to me because that's saying, I really want to see if this can work because your maternity leave in theory is for maternity leave, you know, to then build the idea- <laughs> business in maternity leave is is quite dedicated there are a lot of people who'd be like oh I can't do that I'm too exhausted or was was that challenging in itself um yeah um, <laughs> I had another one as well I, I still have another one luckily um I had another daughter as well but I mean again 
my first maternity leave, mm. I, I I had told myself I was going to do it then, and I what I dallied, I dallied. Is that a word? I dallied. Like I, I, I kind of did bits and then came back and did bits and came back. And like, mm-hmm. you know, we're helping people with their businesses for free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was doing various different bits, but I didn't actually commit. And I think for me, the big, you know, I always say about internal motivation, but I had a massive external mo- motivation in that I really, really, really did not want to go back to my job mm-hmm. because I was like, I was sick of it. And also because of the hours. So I had a massive motivation, Leo, pushing me forward. So I think that in a way it was a lot easier for me to be like, oh, actually I'm just going to leave my, you know, that was easy. That was easy for me to, to motivate myself. I love that. I could could see that kind of, right. And I, I think sometimes it has to get to that point, doesn't it? When you're like, this isn't going to work for me. So I'm going to have to make this work yeah. because it's really easy for all of us to be a bit more like laissez-faire about it, isn't it? Oh, very much so. And it's funny, the things that drive us, like, you know me that I've got two dogs and it's like, I wanted my life to revolve around dogs. So I've made it that actually I can't go back into a full-time job in an office, even if I ever wanted to, because what am I going to do with these dogs that I've now got? So yeah. that's my external driver to keep moving forward with, with freelance. Like I'm sure lots of people are now thinking, oh, I know what my, yeah, hold on. Because it could be the kids, it could be your home, it could be work-life balance. Oh, loads of things. Uh, you could have moved out into the countryside and then you're like, oh, well, I can't really travel into London. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's convenient. Yeah. So you've got to go. Um, that's what happened to me. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so often we create, even unconsciously, these things, don't we, that then mean that we have to commit because it's really scary to commit to say, I'm going to be my own boss. It's really scary. It really is, isn't it? It's like I'm putting my hands in front of my eyes as we're talking. It makes me feel like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It makes me feel like that as well. <laughs> even now, even now that feeling persists. It kind of, yeah, whether people see that as a driver, perhaps, you know, if you don't have that feeling, what drives you forward, you know, having that slight fear sometimes gets you going, doesn't it? Mm. So we met obviously through, I'm doing your coaching course. Um, yeah. And I'd love to get some of your thoughts on coaching in particular, how it can help freelancers with their well-being and mental health I mean for me as a self-employed person coaching has really helped with confidence building it's helped me with things like daring to approach someone I might want to work with or send a pitch or Mm. you know be more vocal about what I do what are your thoughts on coaching for freelancers and their well-being do you do you see a connection there and do you see it with people that you work with as well a hundred percent. I think it's a different mindset to work for yourself and work for other. It's a different mindset if you work for yourself mm. rather than working for others. So I think coaching has a massive place to help people navigate. So people at the beginning, but also if you've been freelancing for a while to help build up your confidence, to help you identify what you actually want your freelancing freelancing to look like I know that sounds a bit weird but you know it may be and I know at the moment it's very difficult because we're we're in a weird time but it may be that you that that freelancing really works for you but you miss having people around you so maybe you're looking at working in a shared workspace a couple of days a week or you're looking at actually can you 
um, link up to other freelancers and do things mm -hmm. that way. So I think that there's so much that coaching can help you with. And it's all about self-awareness. So somebody like me, for example, who's very, I get energized by being around people. Mm. We set up my calendar, the irony, we set up my calendar, but it, it, it will be reset up like this. So that I have times during the week where I can, um, I can go, I can work either. I've got a shared workspace in London. We're getting um, in central. We're also, I can also work at my gym. And even oh, though it sounds yeah. like a tiny thing, like working at the gym is massive for my well-being. And I know there's other freelancers who like they like to work in coffee shops or maybe, and there's you know, coffee shops and pubs have really got into this as well, haven't they? That they do freelancing afternoons or free. So it's like you feel part of it. And I think that if you have a coach, they're really able to help you navigate what you want it to look like. And also do all of that confidence building because you do have to put yourself out there. You do, don't you? Like, even if you hate it, I think mm. I'd love to get your thoughts on that actually, because it comes up a lot, doesn't it? In our training where people are sort of going, Oh, I need to do social media. And they sort of pull that oh, face. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to put myself in a video. And, but I guess being out there is you've got to put your business out there. You've got to tell people what you do. If you want your business to thrive, would you agree with that? I agree that you have to put your business out there. Mm. I equally agree that being visible is really important. I don't think, I think that we can, and when I say we, I definitely include me as well, that we can become fixated on things like video and be like, mm. oh, well, you know, I have to do a video and I don't want to do a video because of X, Y, or Z. But actually, we don't have to do video, but we do have to be in front of our customers. So if you think about a traditional, I'm going to use this example because my love goes out to these people. If you think about a traditional hairdresser, mm. so I think about two hairdressers I go to. One of them is in a little parade of shops just by the train station. So they get lots of footfall for people coming home from work, wow. going to work. So that's a great location for them because for them, how are they in front of their customers? Well, a lot of their customers will work in London, like we're, we're in zone three. So a lot of their customers will work in London. Mm. So they see them and it's a hairdressers and they do beauty treatments as well. So that's a, you know, that's how they're in front of their customers. They do also use social media, but the primary thing for them is actually their location. And my other hairdressers is in the gym. So again, they've positioned themselves as a people who go to the gym well, they're going to need their hair done and it's convenient for them to be there. And it's exactly like, so they don't have to do videos. They're there. And it may be that, you know, like if you're really thinking about business, they need to be in front of their ideal clients. So if you looked at some like bricks and mortar examples, but for us, if we're doing services, we need to be in front of our clients. So maybe we're doing podcasts or we are posting on social media, but we don't have to be fixated on it and on it the whole time. We need to make sure that when we are posting, it is the right customers, that we're, we're talking to the right people. And it may be like with the hairdresser that, you know, it's only 10% of those people that go past that hairdresser that are the ideal clients. And it may be that on social media as well, that we need to appreciate that not everybody who follows, follows us are our ideal clients. And that's why it's really good to tailor the message. So oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's important, but we don't have to do as much as I think some people tell themselves they need to, which is why having a coach really helps. Mm. Yes, because a coach might help you work out that actually 
what what your shop front is going to be because you might not have yeah like a bricks and mortar shop front like mm. you were just mentioning but i guess yeah even as a coach your shop front is potentially your website well you don't have to do video on your website but your website needs to say this is what i do this is who i might help you know so that people who find it can see what you're offering like you'd put the right product in the window for the football yeah and this is how you can work with me so many people have websites and there's nothing about how you can work with them. And it's like, no, like tell the person how you can work with them. I'm going to check mine when we get off this call. <laughs> what I definitely say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really small things like that, that we can forget. And it's, it is those obvious things. And working with a coach, a coach isn't going to tell you exactly what to do, but they're going to work with you. So you come up with a plan that works for you. And I think... I actually think as freelancers, especially if you don't have a boss, mm. you know, generally when we were at work, most of us are pretty, you know, I hate to say this word, but most of us are good girls. Like, so we <laughs> do all good boys. So we did what the boss told us to do. Yeah. And when we don't have a boss, especially for some personality types, it can be harder to motivate yourself. Even though you have to make money, you would think that it would be like, Oh, I need to make money, but it, that isn't enough for many people. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. That's like, oh my goodness, you've really got me thinking now about like the motivations behind putting yeah. things out there and all that kind of thing. It's, I'm sure people that are listening are thinking, yes, I feel like that too. And I, my answer is, and I sound like a bit of a like, I've converted to coaching, but I do feel like saying to people, talk to a coach because you'll work stuff out. It's such a, once you've seen the light with coaching, it's hard not to, I guess, is sort of my... Slightly, I feel like a bit like a coaching evangelist. Um, can you be a born again coach? Is that a thing? I know. I reckon so. I reckon you can be a born again coach. <laughs> a born again coach. <laughs> I love that. Maybe that's. I, lo I love that idea that we're just going up to people on the, on the street saying, "Have you heard about coaching?" <laughs> that's what you feel like doing once you've used it. It's like you know, when I see that with people I work with, it's lovely when you see someone having a realization, and you're like, "Oh, great!" You know, you can see them growing thanks to. Yeah. working stuff out and it's funny because coaching seems to be this hugely growing world in terms of everyone seems to suddenly be calling themselves a coach whether or not they've actually done any coaching they're still like, right I'm offering one-on-ones or whatever and what do you think is appealing about being a coach if you're self-employed people are adding this to their repertoire what they offer suddenly why do you think people want to I want to say jump on the coaching bandwagon I can't give a different phrase but why are people suddenly going I'll be a coach. I'll be a coach. What's the middle? I think that people want to become coaches because they see coaching as something which lots of people do. And they think, oh, okay, this, this looks like it may be beneficial. I equally think that many people want to help others and they understand that if they work as a coach, they can help others. But I also think there's a little bit there that there are some people not everybody, mm -hmm. but there are some people who work as coaches and they are not qualified coaches and they haven't done mm -hmm. um, any coach training. So I think there, there is that kind of piece in there as well about, um, about looking at what it is around coaching that you want to add mm -hmm. and, and actually making sure that you're training and you're doing your due diligence as an individual so then you can support people better. Brilliant. 
no that's a really great answer thank you Ruth. Izzy and I I keep saying to people you know they're like well how do we you know if it's unregulated why are you training I'm like so that I can say to people I've trained mm. in a world of unregulation I can tell you that I've put in the hours that that's the difference I guess is sort of for me yeah, and, I, and it stands out and also it's you know it's when you are working with people you want to be able to professionally hold space for them so i think more and more and more it is really about supporting your clients yeah oh that's lovely i love chatting to you with it always feels like a bit of a coaching session i always learn things <laughs> <I> love it <laughs> once a coach always a coach I've, i don't know how many uh yeah i don't know how many um yeah, I don't know how many hours of coaching I've done now. I've done over 10,000. So wow. I think I think it kind of integrates, although my family are like, do not coach me. <laughs> yeah, do your friends, if you're, well, hallelujah, when we're allowed to go out and meet people again, which is starting to ease, isn't it? We're almost at the beginning of April as we're oh, Honestly, so many times now that people are like, um, yeah, are you, are you coaching me? Or that all my friends will be like, they'll have a drink or two and they'll be like, can you coach me on this? And I'm like, no, no. my friend, I'm, I'm relaxing. And I also think like that's, that's going to lead to a, a very little aside. I know we're nearly over that. Um, there are lots and lots of people who, ha who have a misconception about what coaching is. Like I've had people, um, I've had people who've messaged me before and said, I'm feeling really anxious. Can you help me? It's mm. like, well, not, I mean, I can give you generalized advice, but I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. So mm. I'd recommend that you speak to your doctor, you know, and I'm very clear on that. And I think that comes with training and experience as well. Very much so. I'm glad to hear that. Brilliant. I'd love to finish up with a couple of practical tips. Um, yeah. And I just wondered what helps you, I mean, you spend a lot of your life helping other people work their stuff out. <laughs> yes. What works for you when it comes to finding some balance with your well-being as a self-employed woman? Oh my gosh. So I, I have a lot of support. So I, um, I'm quite vocal about what I need with my family. Um, but equally, I have a coach mm -hmm. uh, and I have a coaching supervisor who they, they help me with that side. I also have um, a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. I didn't go today, but I didn't go today because one of my kids had a really hard night and I was oh. like, I need to get an extra hour sleep rather than you. And he's like, yeah, you've done the right thing. I mean, that's, it's very, very rare that I miss them. Um, and I kind of, this sounds really geeky, but I structure my week mm. and because I've got people to help me because I'll, I'll be honest, if I don't have people to help me structure my week, I, I basically would work all the time. Mm -hmm. I structure my week and I'm really clear, like I don't start work till 10. And that means that I go for a walk or a run. Like mm -hmm. all of those things, I make sure that I've got in place. Um, and yeah, and then I'm, I can't wait to go back to the gym tomorrow, but I go to the gym. I do all of that. I, I kind of, I look after myself mm -hmm. and I notice, you know, if I don't drink, you know, if I'm feeling bad, I, I am well enough now to be like have i drank water have i gone outside like those are the two questions that i ask myself have i drank water have i gone outside I love oh that. okay i haven't done either of those well maybe let's drink some water and go outside and then see how i feel so <laughs> it's good so at that great. that's i love it because it's one of the most or perhaps two of the most basic things but we forget and i guess anyone who's listening who's a parent you probably think well 
kids at the moment, you know, you put up, right, everyone in the garden or everyone, we're going to the park, everyone needs some fresh air, out we go. But we forget to do that for ourselves as adults. Mm. It's like, you know, we're so busy sort of corralling the dogs or the small humans that we forget that actually we need to go out and get some fresh air and, you know, perhaps have a runabout or have a giggle and kick a football or whatever. <laughs> we are, we are like dogs. We are like dogs. We are. Oh, well, That's why we love dogs so much because we're like them. Yes. Going for walks with the dog, walks in general, just, I totally agree with you. Fresh air, water, it's just game changer when you're not feeling okay, for sure. And it's free, you know, fresh air off we go local park or wherever you know um and I wondered as well if you had any advice for someone who's on the fence about hiring a coach so I know there's a lot of there's still quite a lot of skepticism about coaching any advice for someone who's on the fence and they're thinking oh can it really make a difference you know what are they going to tell me that I don't already know and all that kind of thing <laughs> and you're going to say anything you're going to find the answer <laughs> I would say um have some like check some people out and have mm. some sessions with them and see are you a good fit Cool. Yeah. To just sort of go check in with them and rather than booking, I don't know, six months worth. Yeah. Always speak to them first. Like, do you get on? Do you trust them? Um, do you feel like you can have a good rapport and then go from there? Brilliant. Oh, Ruth, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always to chat to you. Um, if people are interested in finding you, your course, in working with you all the things where can people find you tell us everything course instagram you have a podcast tell yeah. us all the, all the places where people can find you okay so i'm ruth kudzi that's k-u-d-z-i mm -hmm. uh, very lucky i'm i'm i think the only one in the world so my website's <laughs> ruth kudzi our coach training school is kudzi coach academy um instagram's ruth kudzi facebook's ruth kudzi and i've got my podcast it's called the coaching hub fantastic and when does the next cohort start i'm thinking so we're recording early like late march going to be april shortly um i know our cohort's just begun hasn't it for the coaching do you have time yeah. during the year in 2021 yeah, when people yeah. so may, may may and then september, may and september. So we're just about to do a big enrollment where we're yeah we're just about to do a big enrollment april and as i know many people will enroll in may just before it starts <laughs> <laughs> the last minuteers the world last is picking up yeah oh well good luck with it all and i look forward to um to keeping on working with you ruth thank you so thank much you. thank you so much jenny listening to freelance feels the podcast for humans who work for themselves i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have you can rate and review it on apple podcasts and follow for future episodes you can find more about freelance feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com freelance feels also has a monthly newsletter which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com and for daily updates follow on instagram and twitter at freelance underscore feels